Before I start, I really just want to pray um, before we get in, and then, uh, and then we can get into what we're going to talk about today. So let's bow our heads. <clears throat> God, we just want to thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just the time you've given us to be here at Journey Church. Um, Father, thank you for blessing our, um, our church here, that we have seen people come to know you and, and understand the gospel and, and be discipled in that and be delivered and delivering it out to our neighbors. Um, Father, today I just pray that I'm just a vessel and that your spirit just speaks through me and um, that you prepare our hearts and posture our hearts towards you and towards your word and what you have to say. God, again, just whatever um, is said today, let, let my words be yours, and may they glorify you, and uh, may I glorify you in, in all that I'm doing, and may we glorify you as a church in all that we're doing. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so if you weren't here for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been going through a series. Um, we started off with Adam, we were talking about why structure matters in a church, so if you think about it like a soccer match, like we need rules and we need lines and like boundary marks to be able to play the game of soccer. Um, so like there is a reason that there is boundary lines and rules because if you don't have those things, you're not really playing a game. Um, and last week, Adam Johnson had talked about um, wanting to wear the same jersey and being for the same goal and like wanting to all work together in unity. Um, so this week, what we're talking about uh, is the specific roles on a team. Like, we are all, all a church together, uh, and if you look at it like a team, we're a team, but you're going to have different roles on a team. Um, so we're going to look at specific roles and knowing what position that we play and why it matters to the success of what we're doing. Um, so if you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, and if you're looking at the Bible in front of you, it's page 663, I think. If I'm wrong, please let me know. <laughs> so we'll start, start in verse 4. So it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And the varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, and all these are empowered by, the, by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit." For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing, or where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would, the sense of, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members 
in the body to each, uh, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and on those, and on the, those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow great honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? And I will show you a still more excellent way. So that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you guys, but that for me, that's a lot. Uh, so I kind of want to go through this like section like in, in little chunks. Um, so first I want to go through uh, verses 4 through 11. So I'll read it again. Sorry. Um, so it says, it says, There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers all of them and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each of them as he wills. So, if we look at Paul's letter to the Corinthians uh, as a whole, we see that there are a lot of issues that surround the Corinthian church. Um, and one of those big things was division. Um, and so people were kind of looking at different things in the church and priding themselves in, you know, there, was, there are things that are talked about, like, um, well, at least in our, in our section, we're talking about how the body is to interact together in a local gathering. Um, and more specifically in 12, we're talking about spiritual giftings. Um, and so when we look at like gifts in general, some people, when you hear spiritual gifts, you're like, what is that? Um, and so spiritual gifts, if we look at back at what we talked about, or what Adam read with Psalm 139, we, we see that David talks about how God intimately created him and like purposed him and molded him together and formed him in his mother's womb. And God had intention with what he was doing. Uh, he gave David gifts and things and abilities to, to do. Um, and that's like what Paul is saying here, is that there are a whole bunch of different things that are going on, gifts, uh, varieties of service, and then even like activities. Um, and then if you go a little bit further down, it talks about like all these different gifts that say like uh, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, etc. But Paul's not saying that like we should be distinguishing like what are these gifts right now Paul is saying at least in this passage is like what I'm what I've been uh, listening to and what I've been really searching is looking at what Paul is saying actually in the passage and he's saying in verse 7 to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good 
Um, and Paul's acknowledging that we all have gifts and abilities. Um, but what he's saying is that, like, you are, you are made with specific gifts. And when you become a Christian, your gifts are then purposed for the common good. The Spirit uses your gifts and your abilities and your talents for the common good. And what is the common good? Because um, Paul doesn't necessarily, like, expound on that. And um, the common good, from what I have been really looking at, is, is the common good is to build up the body, the local church, and to further the kingdom of God. We are using our gifts to do that. Um, so when we, yeah, so when we look at our gifts, um, you know, we find joy in what we're doing in our gifts, but then when we become a Christian, our, the Spirit uses our gifts to direct the joy from, like, our gift and directs them towards the giver. Does that make sense? I think that um, I look at that and go, like, and kind, like, as I was reading through this and, like, thinking about it, um, I used to skateboard in, when I was a kid. Um, well, when I was younger, probably, like, a couple years ago. <laughs> when I mean a kid, I have a skateboard in my car. Um, <laughs> Just like my deodorant. <laughs> so, um, and I never thought about this stuff. Like, I didn't, I didn't become a Christian until about, I was 16, 17 years old at a, uh, an event called Free Fall up in Quakertown. It's a huge action park, skate park uh, thing where they do a message. Um, they share the gospel. It's really awesome. It's actually, like, been thriving. You know, the guys up there have been doing a really great job, and I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Instagram. It's just been, God's really been blessing that ministry. And, uh, and I kind of look at it and go, like, wow, like, I feel like this, like, God has given me that gift, and I kind of didn't really do much with it. Um, but God used that gift to bring me to him. Um, like, because going, like, I remember being invited to going to this thing from, from a church that I was attending, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the skateboard, and I'm going to get a free T-shirt, and I'm going to get to eat free food and have candy and all this stuff. Like, I literally didn't care about, like, what was going on with the gospel at that time. And then I heard this guy, who I really respected, he was up there, he was doing all these cool tricks, and he just shared the gospel. And I was just like, I kind of want to know more about this. He used his gift, not only to like impress people, but he also used it for God's glory. And I think that was something that was really, um, like for me, as like a joy to look at and go like, wow, like now I need to examine like what I'm doing. Uh, and so, so yeah, when I'm looking at like, when gifts, when we look at these, like, we could sit here and debate all, all day, like, what, what are different spiritual gifts, and what do they do, and what are they for, um, but Paul's saying right here is actually what they're for, is to build up the body of the church, and to build the kingdom of God, and I, that's just, like, just blows me away, um, and, it, and it says, like, in verse 11, all these are empowered by one in the same spirit, who apportions each, to each one individually as he wills, so, God has willed certain things, like I've already said, like God has willed specific talents and specific things that you are to do for his glory. Um, so, and the Spirit kind of like pushes you to do that and gives you that like ability. Because uh, without the Spirit, we're not able to do that. It's more or less putting it towards ourselves and for our own glory. So, um, as, as we continue on, Paul continues in saying that uh, so going to verse 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members are of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized in one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all are made to drink of one spirit. 
For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less, any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body to each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So um, when Adam came to me with this passage, and, I, and he had said something about soccer. I love soccer also. Uh, it's like one of my big things. And um, sometimes it's hard to talk to people about soccer because there are people who don't know anything about soccer or care about soccer. Um, so when he, he was telling me, I was like, man, I could talk people's ears off about soccer all day, and I love it. Um, and so when I was looking at this, um, even going even going in further, where it says, like, the eye, uh, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the feet, uh, head to feet, I have no need to you, for you. On the contrary, parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable on those parts uh, of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow great honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God so composed the body, creating giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, and that the members have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So in this, in this idea of thinking about soccer, we look at individual players. Um, that would be forwards, midfielders, defenders, and a goalie. And I know a lot of people are looking at me like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And so, um, so to give it a little, bit, a, little, like a little bit more context is like, Forwards are the guys that are up front attacking the goal. Uh, their main job is to score. Uh, midfielders are more about controlling the pace of the game and controlling the game in general. Uh, and they typically have like the most assists. They pass the ball, facilitate, and things like that. Defenders um, are last line before the goalie. They are to pretty much be a wall before the goalie. Uh, and then obviously the goalie is the, the last guy before the ball is in the back of the net. Um, so I was thinking about, like, again, soccer, and I thought about U8 soccer. Um, I don't want to call up my little sister, but she's here. And I used to, I actually used to go and watch her, her U8 soccer games. And uh, I was always pumped because she was playing soccer. And I was just like, wow, this is great. I get to see someone else grow up and love soccer like I love soccer. Uh, and then I go and watch these games, and I see that, like, they have no clue what they're doing out there. They're all running around. Running out, like if you watch if you watch a kid's soccer game, it, they're like a group, like running around the field, like wherever the ball is, it's like a circle of kids, you know. And then there's like that one kid that's like, "Yo, pass to me," and everybody's like, "Nope, we're gonna keep going." Um, so I think about that, like, and like how irritating and frustrating that was to me as someone who loves watching soccer, because I'm like, this is not structured, and I need a little bit of structure. And looking at how structured sometimes soccer can be, I'm like, little kids soccer, like. I can't watch it. I felt like, I was like, oh, man, I want to coach because I feel like, you know, kids, kids need to learn this stuff. And then, like, I realized, like, you need a lot of patience to coach kids soccer. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. When I was talking about the fruit of the spirit last week with the kids, patience was, uh, you know, one of the fruit of the spirits that I lack. So, you know, hope, pray for me in that one. Um, but I think about, so I think about then with soccer, also, like, the World Cup had just happened. Uh, and I don't know if anybody paid attention to the World Cup. But there was a team... Uh, Iceland, the national team, they, I watched their game against Argentina in the group stage. Now, Iceland is not a good team at all. Um, 
But what they did was they tied Argentina, and I know a lot of people are like, ooh, big deal. But Argentina has arguably the best player in the world on their team. Uh, and I thought about, like, how cool that was. Like, so many, like, typically in soccer, your, uh, your midfielders tend to play up in the, mid, in the midline. So if we're looking at, like, it in thirds, um, there's, like, this central third that that's where, like, midfielders tend to be. Anytime that Argentina had the ball on the attacking half, like where they were trying to get the ball in the goal, every midfielder came back to the defending third, and they had a forward back two, and they were just working as a team together. Uh, just because, you know, because they knew, like, if there was one guy out of, out of a spot, like, there was potential to be, you know, to lose. Um, so when I look at that in comparison to this, we look at, like, there are many members within a body. Um, you know, there's, you know, fingers and hands and feet and legs and all that stuff. And uh, Paul talks about how um, we shouldn't say that, like, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Um, or because I'm not a foot or, you know, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. That's not true. Um, I think something that we need to remember is that in a body, you're unified, yet your body has diverse parts. So when we look at the local church, we are unified yet diverse. Um, so when we look at how God has wired us to do, like to have different gifts, um, you know, there are some people that, you know, I was, I was kind of nervous getting up here today, but there are some people that, like, if you ask them, you know, hey, we want you to prep a sermon for six months from now, they'd be like, no way. I'm not going to preach a sermon in my life because that's not how God's wired me. Um, and I think that that, you know, like it just shows like what God is using us for. Um, where like that same person might not be good at preaching a sermon, but they're really good at going to the grocery store and going up to somebody in the fruit aisle and go, or the vegetable, I don't know what an avocado is, but they like, <laughs> they go up and see someone with an avocado and somehow they turn it into a conversation about the Lord and about how the gospel matters. Um, and I, you know, I think about that. I'm like, man, I couldn't do that. I couldn't even tell you what an avocado was. So, <laughs> so, so, what does that mean then? Like, if, if, and that's why, and that's when Paul says, like, um, when we say that we have no need for one another, um, you know, that's that's not true. We are in need of, an, of one another. We look at verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? If there was, well, there were probably like 40 people in here, like. There are 40 people in here that every Sunday they wanted to get up and preach a sermon. We wouldn't have anybody to listen to the sermon. Or if there wasn't anybody who was gifted in being able to preach a sermon, then we wouldn't have a, a gathering to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, so I think, um, so we need one another because there are places where, like even in myself, like, like I just said, evangelism, where like I can't go to a grocery store and like tell someone like, hey, Jesus loves you, out of, like, talking to them about, like, bags of chips or something. But there are other people who possibly are in this room that can do that and have that gift and have that ability. Uh, so we need one another in that way because if I'm, if I'm not doing it and nobody else is, then what are we doing? Um, so, so I think, like, uh, so when we look at this, like, you have a role, and it's, kind of, it's interesting to look at because sometimes you're like, oh man, well, I don't know what my gifts are. And I've said that to myself. I'm like, what am I, what am I really gifted at? Like, what do I enjoy doing? Um, 
and I mean, when we, in the context of this, like the the current church, the church of Corinth just valued just tongues and prophecy. That's all they valued. Then they were like, oh, these are the highest gifts. When really, it's like it's almost like the way we look at sin. Like, oh, you don't sin as bad. Like this person sins worse than I do, so I'm like good. But realistically, if we look at sin, sin's on this like playing field like here. But we're trying to look at it like a graph. Like it's up here. In the same way, we look at the spiritual gifts. There's no one higher than another. We're all gifted in different areas because God has purposed us to do certain things. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, like that's something that I've been. I think that's something that I've actually been challenged with in reading this. Like, like I said, I told you guys I was crying on the way home from, you know, from a coffee shop listening to worship music and going like, man, like what have I been doing? Um, it's just like, I think it's really sobering to look at and go like, um, wow, God, like you've gifted me in certain areas, but I haven't used my gift. And I haven't been doing what you've called me to do. Um, and sometimes... And sometimes when I am doing stuff, sometimes I pride myself in what I'm doing. Um, and I think that's even in the Church of America. And I look at this and go like, uh, I have this written down. It says, too often does the Church of America look like a U8 soccer team than it does a World Cup team. It's not about the glory of the self. It's about the glory of God. So going back to what I was talking about with the U8 soccer team, is that everybody's running around trying to get the ball because they want to score the goal. But then when you get to, like, U11, you realize that there are positions that you have to play. So, like, what if you're a kid that loves scoring the goal, but you are terrible at shooting the ball? Well, you probably will end up playing defense. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Um, I realized that real quick when I went to college and played soccer. I ended up, you know, I said, oh, I'm a forward. And then I realized my shot was horrendous. And then, then they said, Dustin, we're going to move you to the midfield. And then, like, then I ended up not playing because I'm too slow and old and fat and <laughs> out of shape. Um, but we have a role to play, and and the goals aren't about you. And it's, and like uh, I was gonna show a, a clip, but I never sent it to Dusty. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who Wayne Rooney is. He's a really great soccer player. He played for Manchester United over in the English Premier League, and again, probably stuff that you guys don't really. No, but um, he now plays in the MLS, uh, which is the Major League Soccer, which is the United States. Um, typically, people who know soccer really well call it the Retirement League because uh, it really is where, like, all the older players just come and retire. Um, well, he was playing – he plays for D.C. United, and they were playing a team um, last weekend. And what ended up happening, there was a corner kick. So in a corner kick situation, it's like – Everybody pretty much is in the box, this 18-yard line, and, like, all facing towards this goal, trying to score the goal. And there's a guy that kicks the ball in from the corner, hence corner kick. Um, and they had their goalie out, like, almost like in hockey when you pull the goalie to score a goal. Um, they pulled the goalie out, and he's out there trying to, trying to help out and be there. And they ended up losing the, the corner kick. The other team hits it out, and one of their players ran and, like, dribbled the ball past the halfway point. And what ended up happening was Wayne Rooney ran him down. The oldest guy on the field ran him down and slide tackled him. And that's like where you like slide and touch the ball before you hit the player. And sometimes they flip over. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> and what ends up happening, he took the ball from him. Then he ran across, probably got to like 40 yards out. 
and drove the ball back into the box, and the shortest guy on the field ended up making this like beautiful run behind a defender and came up ahead of the ball and put the ball in the back in net, and they won the game. Um, and who got the glory for that? The guy that scored the goal, not the guy who worked his butt off to send the ball into the box. Um, and I think that that's like something that we need to remember is that like just because you're playing a certain role um, doesn't mean that like you're getting glory for it. God's getting glory for it, or he should be. That's the point. Um, and that's why when we look at things like, again, like so verses 27 through 31, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers and miracles and gifts of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Um, so when I was talking about it with my roommate, I really, um, I really value my roommate in, in his wisdom. And I, said, and I said, I don't really understand verse 31. It says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And I said, is he being sarcastic? He goes, yeah, I think so. And, like, Paul's saying that, like, yeah, there's roles, and you're going to play one. But it doesn't mean that, like, you're better than anybody else. And it doesn't mean that you're lower than anyone else either. Just because just you're not up here on a Sunday doesn't mean that you aren't able to glorify God through your, uh, your work and your gifts and what you've been given and what God has, has given you. Um, I wanted, to, I wanted to read through um, Ephesians 2. I originally planned to read only through Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, but I decided to read, I want to read through uh, 1 through 10. Uh, I apologize, I don't know what the page number is, um, but you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, so I'll just read it. Uh, Paul says, And you were dead in your trespasses, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, Fallen the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated with him in the heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, creating in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When I thought about this in reading, like I said, I, only, I originally was like, oh, man, I'm only going to read 8 through 10. Um, and I looked, I looked at it, and I was like, no, I think, I think we need to look at all of 2, 1 through 10, because it shows us the gospel. Paul's telling you that you were dead before you met Jesus, and that's true. You were dead in your sin, and you had no hope. But God, 
who is rich in love and mercy and grace, sent his son to die for us, that all who believe may be saved. And they get to have that joy. Anybody who believes in Jesus gets to have that joy. Um, and I was thinking about, like, like I said earlier, our gifts aren't for our own purposes, they're for God's. It says, verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Not only did God create you and form you in your mother's womb, very, like, intimately. I don't know how to do creative things. You know, you do clay and stuff. Cool. Um, but he also prepared the timeline for you to walk in the works in which he prepared you to do. That's mind-blowing. It's kind of hard to think about. Sometimes it, like, freaks me out. I'm like, man, like, God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't. That's kind of scary. But then it's also, like, calming at the same time. Because when we look at our gifts and our abilities, and when we look at what God has done, we should really be turning and praising him for what he actually has done and not boast in our own gifts and our own abilities. And I've done that before. I remember skating with a couple of guys when I was about 16. This was before I loved Jesus. Um, and, and I was like one of the cockiest kids ever. I was like, oh, I'm so good at skateboarding. In all honesty, if I look back at it, I was probably the worst skater out of all my friends. And uh, I was destined to be the film guy. And if you don't know what I mean by that, is that like pretty much like when you get together with your group of friends and you go skateboarding, like, and you realize that you're not like getting good at skateboarding and all your friends are the guys like jumping downstairs and doing, you know, grinding on handrails and doing all these crazy tricks and you realize that you're too scared to do that, you pick up a camera real quick and it's real fun. <laughs> so I became the film guy and I was okay with that. And I look at like, and, you know, I sometimes jump on the skateboards, you know, from time and time again. But, you know, I realize that I break my hands or my legs too often. So, um, but I look at that and go, like, God took the gift that I was given and used it to, like, show me, like, hey, you're really not that good and you're not going to be a professional skateboarder. Instead, some September afternoon in 2010, God showed me that skateboarding was going to be an avenue for me to glorify him and to realize that, you know, hey, you're built for ministry. You're not built to grind down handrails. Like, you can't even jump down three stairs without getting scared. And I, you know, I think about it. I'm like, dang, like, God, you are so good. <laughs> um, so when we look at the gospel, in the light of the gospel, I, Dusty and I had a conversation on Friday, and he was telling me all the songs about, like, what we were going to sing, and, and I was super pumped. I was like, yeah, like, I get to know about the entire service before anybody walks in here, and I felt really cool about it, and I was just like, wow, who cares, you know, like, so you know a couple of songs, woo. <laughs> so he said to me, he's like, we're going to sing So Will I. Um, now, we sing this song, like, quite often, um, and then and we're singing, and this song says, God, I am sold out for you and your glory, and I want to serve you wherever you lead me. 
And I, like, and I sing this song loud and proud in my, in my car, you know, with my windows up, without any air conditioning, because I'm in, I don't know. Um, and I'm like, am I really sold out for God and his glory? Like, I believe in Jesus. I read my Bible. I show up to church. Heck, I would, you know, I come here and I help out, uh, set up and, you know, unlock some doors and stuff. And, and I was talking with it about art with it. He's like, so you open up some doors on a Sunday morning. Like, what does that really say? Ooh. Um, and I think about, like, kind of like the thing that I said earlier about the grocery store. Like, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go to a grocery store and start telling people about Jesus using an avocado. But I think the principle of it is, is that, like, we come here on a Sunday morning and we are moved by the word. You know, I come here, I listen to Adam or uh, Adam LaRue, and I'm like, man, that was a really great sermon. I'm going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> like, the Nathans can probably tell you that I take naps probably more often than anybody else in this room. <laughs> um, and, you know, I... All right, so I guess like going back a little bit, Art and I had a had a lunch meeting, probably what like two months ago, and uh, he said to me, he goes, you know, Dustin, like I've said this before, like I don't want to be a Christian for two hours out of the week of my life. That was a challenge to me because I was like, dang, I woke up at eleven o'clock for our twelve o'clock lunch meeting. <laughs> I've been sleeping all morning. And Art just told me he doesn't want to be a Christian for two hours of his life. He wants to be a Christian seven days a week. And that's like what we're saying here. It's like, God, I don't want to be a Christian for two hours of my life. It's really easy to come to church. It's really easy to wake up and get a shower or seemingly get a shower. I took a shower this morning. Um, But like get all dressed up and look real nice, come in and listen to the sermon and go like, wow, God, you are so good, like. I'm going to go back to my house and just hang out and sleep. Or, you know, my friends would we'd go back to Nathan's house and, you know, just do homework. Well, they would do homework. I would do homework. But, um, but and, like, and I even have conversations with them about, like, man, we go to a Christian college. I went to a Christian college for four years. I can't tell you how many, how, like, I can't even tell you whether or not I had a conversation with anybody who was a non-believer at least a good conversation about Jesus. And that's kind of hard for me to, like, swallow. And go, like, man, I'm a caring grad. I got this youth and, no, excuse me, youth and family ministry degree. Like, I'm going to be a youth pastor, and I'm going to love Jesus. But I sat in my room six out of seven days a week, kind of just, like, hung out, played video games, took naps, a lot of naps. And didn't really love Jesus the way that Jesus loved me and still loves me. I think it's crazy to think that we look at ourselves and we kind of go like, man, like, Jesus died on the cross for us to save us from eternal damnation that we may enjoy the Father forever in eternity. And I can't give him an hour out of my day to go somewhere and tell someone about Jesus. This morning I was thinking about this. Uh, this so my roommate Steve and I were having a conversation. He said, we talk about inward, upward, and outward in a church. 
So inward is this like communal get-together gathering, kind of like what we're doing right now. Upward is hearing the word now or being in Bible studies or doing our own personal studies. Outward is going out and telling people about Jesus. Journey Church exists to help our neighbors discover, be discipled in, and deliver the good news of the gospel to our communities and the rest of the world. It's a really awesome statement. I totally agree with it. We do exist to do that. But are we doing that? We're growing through community groups. We're doing, you know, Bible studies and gatherings, and that's wonderful. I think that's great. We need to continue to do that. We need to continue to grow in Jesus. How often are we going out to our neighbors? How often um, are we going out to our communities? I've lived in my house that I'm living in right now for about two, two and a half months. I can't tell you a single person that I met that is my neighbor. I get out of my, I walk out of my house, walk down to my car, drive my car away, go do something, come home, get out of my car, go back into my house and just hang out. And how often do, do we all do this? And it goes back to this idea of gifts. Like God has given you abilities and gifts to go do these things. Go share the gospel. Go grow in the Lord. Um, go tell people about Jesus because there are people who don't know Jesus and they're going to hell. And right now, we're not doing anything about it. I'm not saying like directly in this moment, but like, I mean, I'm not doing anything about it. That's kind of hard for me to swallow. And I don't, and I don't mean to sound um, like I don't want it to seem as if like I'm like, oh, shame on you. Because it's shame on me too. I haven't been doing it either. So when we think about this song, <laughs> that we're sold out for Jesus, that we're so sold out that we look at like, Jesus, you died for me. 2,000 years ago, I didn't even know who the heck you were, and you died for me on a cross, and then you rose three days later so that I can enjoy eternity with the Father forever. I think about like when we sing this song. We need to continue to sing this song, even though you may feel convicted like, man, I'm not doing this, so why am I going to sing this song? I don't feel like I'm going to be really actually doing this or that I am doing this. Adam and I were talking about that this morning. He said, you just got to sing louder and just be praying that God helps you do that, helps you live that. And I was like, because I sometimes do that. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should sing the song right now. I'll skip songs sometimes in my, my Spotify and go, I don't know if I should sing the song right now. I'm not really like, I don't know. But, but God leads us to do things. Remember, he prepared in advance for us the works that we're going to do. And so when we look at Journey Church, like, what works are we going to do? What works are we going to individually do? What works are we going to do as a church together or as community groups or as Bible studies? Um, we're going to use our gifts, and we're going to grow, and we're going to go out, and we're going to tell people about Jesus. And we're going to ask the Spirit to help us do that because we can't do that on our own. Without... Without the gospel, everything I just said about the gifts and everything that Paul talked about, nothing. It's not worth it. Why would you take your time if you really don't care about the gospel to go out and do this thing? 
uh, use your gifts for that because you're not sold out. So, um, but don't don't take it as my works are earning me my salvation. Once you believe in Jesus, you have you are saved. Um, and when I was talking, so last week I was talking to the kids about for the Spirit, like. This is evidence of that you are growing in Jesus. We used a big word, sanctification. Toby's six years old, and I said sanctification to him. He's like, whoa, sanctification. (laughs) Um, And realistically, it's just when we become more like Jesus, and the fruit of the Spirit is just evidence of that, and that's what the gifts are evidence of. So my prayer is not just for you, but also for me and for our church and for whoever walks into our church that we can encourage one another to build each other up and that we may encourage one another to use our gifts to serve God wherever he's called us to go. Uh, so let's pray. And then we can, yeah. God, we just want to thank you again for today. Thank you for the word that you have given us, that, you, that Paul has written through your spirit. Father, we look at the songs that we sing, and uh, there's some heavy songs that say, like, we are sold out for your glory and for you and you only. Um, but sometimes that's not always evident in our lives. God, we ask for the Spirit to convict us and to move us uh, and empower us to use our gifts for your glory. Because, God, you created us. You have given us everything that we need to move forward. God, you created us before we even knew that we were going to exist or that we do exist. God, you are so good. I just want to pray for our friends and neighbors who have yet to hear the gospel. I pray for them to have soft hearts and for us to go out to them and love them and share the love of Jesus with them. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.